This political climate where they are waging war on the police is getting cops killed. It's emboldening the criminals to think they can do what they want to the police, and it's making the police second guess having to kill a black man. They didn't even want to pull the pistol. No, that's exactly it. You want to try to de-escalate. That's the new code word. Let's de-escalate everything. Welcome to Pod Bless America. I'm Jim. And I'm Dan. And today we're going to be talking about stories that the media doesn't quite tell you the whole story on. Okay, so what do we got to do here? Well, it's not going to be quite as lighthearted and quite as funny, or maybe it will. I don't know. Uh, our guest here, Holly, she says that it's fine if we joke around, but it feels a little sacrilege to me, but we'll see. more we drink, too, I'm sure we'll be joking around a little bit. But we'll, who we have here today is Holly McTarian. And you may recognize the last name. In 2008, Holly's husband uh, was a Twinsburg police officer, and his name was Josh. So on July 13th at 2 o'clock in the morning, Josh stopped a guy, and I believe it was for loud music, correct? Yes, initially. Mm -hmm. Stopped a guy for loud music. Josh had called for another car, and within a couple minutes of that, people are calling 911 to report gunshots, and Josh had been shot and killed by Ashford Thompson. Ashford Thompson was convicted on all the charges in May of 2010, sentenced to death in June 2010, and he is currently still living the good life as a hero on death row, right? He's not a, not a pedophile, right? If he was a pedophile, he'd be getting what he had coming to him at death row. But on death row, man, he's a cop killer. And if you think for a second that he's not living, living the hero's life over there, and you're, you're sadly mistaken. At the time, they had a three-month-old daughter. Now, just a little bit about me. I do remember this. I was at Josh's funeral, and I remember looking at your daughter, and I remember her hair. She had the thickest head of hair. Still does, yes. And, yep, yep. And my daughter at that time was about one-year-old. So it was about the same. And I don't know if there's been a funeral that hit me the way Josh has hit me because Thea was right there right yeah. front and center the whole time. And even though they're talking, I just remember looking at her and thinking, God, man, it could be my daughter, you know? Yeah. And how much your life is going to change. Ugh, Absolutely. Oh, horribly. Yes. Yeah. So before, and we said, we're going to talk about how the media doesn't get into it. And the, the problem with the media is that they do a story for a day, maybe two days, and then it drops off and everybody forgets about Josh. You know, they move on to the next thing. Uh, you might hear a blurb here and there about Ashford Thompson, his appeals, but for the most part, the story's gone and in a way we move, but you never realize who Josh was, right? Josh is only, he's just a name. He's just another cop. He's just another cop doing a job and he got killed. No, what a shame. Now let's move on. And what's the weather going to be tomorrow? Um, so, yeah, cause that's how America moves. It is how days. America moves and that's, well, don't get me started on politics. But we're glad to have you on here, Holly. Thanks for coming in. Um, we're really turning a corner here on our podcast where we're going to have more long forum conversations and we're going to talk about topics that really don't get covered that people will want to hear, especially when we dig deep into the story. Thanks, of, thanks for inviting me. Yeah. And Thank one you. of the things I do want to get to with you and that I'm, I'm, I'm big on here is the justice system and how it fails victims of crime. And we'll get to that at the end. But to start, we all know Josh was a cop and we all know Josh died, but who was Josh and when did you meet Josh? Josh could walk into a room full of people and leave that room with one or two lifelong friends. I mean, everyone just loved him. He was incredibly social. He loved to laugh. He would make you laugh. He would brighten your day. Not even mean to, he just was a, just a good guy. He just really was. I met Josh. I was a police officer for Oakwood Village, and I was working night shift. 
And about three in the morning, I had a car pursuit and the car raced into Twinsburg and crashed right into the center of town. And I get there and I look over and there is Josh and his canine Baggio. And they're just daring the suspect to get up and run because he wanted to. And it was like the heavens opened and the angels sang and there was that cute officer from Twinsburg. And I'm not ashamed to say I might have stalked him a little bit until he asked me out on a date. And the rest Me- is history. Meanwhile, the guy bails out of the car, runs right past you, and you're just staring at Josh like, oh. <laughs> yes, yes. Everybody's running past you like, where's everybody right, going? Right. I suddenly wanted to start a canine program. <laughs> yeah. And also when they do hold the dog and go, oh, please let me let go of this fur missile, please. <laughs> The whole time I'm like, shh, it's going to be a surprise. Don't yeah, bark, buddy. Right, Don't right, bark. Right, right. It's well, be luckily a the suspect had a broken ankle from the crash, so he wasn't going anywhere. Oh, okay. But he did end up months later transporting that guy to a different jail um, after court and said, maybe I'll invite you to my wedding someday. So. Since we're hanging out so much. <laughs> yeah. Did he? No. Oh, that would have been <laughs> no. a great story. Yeah. So what did Josh do? What did he do in the off time? I know he was in a band. Oh, he was so busy. So he had his canine. He had another dog at home. He loved animals. He really did. At one point, he told me, he's like, let's quit our jobs and be SPCA officers. And I was like, no. Are you crazy? <laughs> That's your dream, buddy. <laughs> exactly, pal. Um, so he had the canine, the canine training. He had a band named Barium. Uh, he loved to play in the band and dreamed of it going big. Playing what instrument? Guitar. And they would practice in the basement. And it was just... Um, really loud, but he traded in his SUV that he loved so much. This was before I met him and he bought a huge RV because he was, the band was going to travel across America. Sounds like my best friend. (laughs) And make it big. So I'm a drummer too. And I have an RV. (laughs) So that, that was his dream really. Um, RV had a disco ball and everything. Yeah. They were going to travel around and play. So he did that. And then he owned a pizza shop. Jeannie knows pizza shop in Sagamore Hills. I didn't know this. What? Yep. Own a pizza shop. I actually worked there. He's my best friend now. That's how she started stalking him though. She was like, I'm going to go work at this pizza joint. She started delivering first. And then she was like, I'm going to start cooking. Four months later, Holly's 242 pounds. (laughs) And eat pizza every day. Oh gosh. Yeah. He's like, you again? Yep. So I remember uh, we were married and you know, I was on, there was no light duty for me. So I just worked the pizza shop and he worked the road and took on an extra part-time job just to keep things going. So, yeah. Nice. Do you have any video of him playing guitar still? Oh yeah. Nice. Lots of pictures and videos and stuff. Yeah, nice. definitely. Yeah, I saw one online not too long ago. Somebody had shared it. I don't remember where it was. It might've been either maybe his birthday or one of the anniversary. Anyway, anyway, it was in a bar. Yep. So did Thea calm him down at all? You guys get pregnant? Oh, he was, he was blown away with her. I mean, she had him wrapped around her little finger. I mean, it just, she, he loved her. So he's just in awe. I mean, that's the only way I can describe it. He's just in awe with her. I remember we couldn't even pick a name for Thea until like, I think it was like my eighth month of pregnancy. And I saw somebody on TV named Thea and he said, I like that. We can say it's because of my middle name, Theo. And I was like, no, <laughs> it's just Thea. <laughs> but he just loved her so much. He really did. I, I think that if he was still here, he would be all over her sports. He'd be trying to coach him. He'd be trying to do whatever he could because he just loved sports a lot. How hard is it to keep his memory going with Thea? 
You know, I feel like sometimes it's a little difficult for her. I noticed, you know, sometimes she might push his pictures away or whatever in her room. And she's like, mom, I just don't want to explain it every time a friend comes over. And I go, I get that. I get that. But, you know, she helps every year with the poker run we do in his memory uh, for the scholarship fund. And pictures are all over the house. Just the saddest thing to me on this, though, is that the amount of love he had for her that he was never able to get back from her, you know, cause she was so small. Right. She just never, she never really knew him. Right. I remember, I mean, even at the age of three months, cause uh, she, she was three and a half months when he was killed. He was coming home from work cause he worked night shift and he was calling her name as he was walking down the hallway and she lifted her head up. And I was like, she just lifted her head up when she heard you. And he was like, oh. <laughs> he just loved it. He just loved it. He was tickled by it. Yeah, but she's awful, also uh, half of him. So I know as she gets older, you're probably going to see a lot of mannerisms and stuff oh, that I, she does that remind you of him. And uh, she's 14, be driving good. me nuts, you know, the whole teenager years. But yes, I say she's a, she's a spitting image of him, but she has hair. <laughs> so, but yes, she says some things and I just look up and I'm like, really, you know, really, you're telling her to say that. <laughs> I wish I could explain to you. I wish I had a picture of her during that funeral and how much hair she had. I don't think I've ever seen a kid with that much hair. Yeah, a three a month old. It was unbelievable. I'll <laughs> never forget it. It was the cutest thing ever. Yep. It was like, you know, a five-year-old's had a hair. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I got one of those. I got a, a one that was born in 09 mm-hmm. girl. She's just turned 13. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> my kids are good. They listen. Oh, good. For the most good. part. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> About the thick hair too. Like I always tell people that, uh, you know, when I would give her a bath as a kid, I would tell the wife, like, I, 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 I washed her hair and my wife would come into the bathroom, lift up a section she of her head and it would be dry <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> because that's how yeah. thick oh, yeah. that hair is. And I yeah. didn't know because I've never shampooed thick hair like that. So she's like a penguin, all those little feathers. <laughs> it is ridiculous. <laughs> yep. But I, yeah, I know that. I know that for sure. I've seen it. So... July 13th, he goes to work at what, 11? Nope, he works 7 to 7. Oh, they're on 12s. Yep. All right, so July 13th, he rolls out at 7. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that day? I do remember that day. Do you remember like dinner and... Yes. See, because um, I always wonder, things like this mm-hmm. or cancer diagnosis, right? If people remember what was happening an hour before their life changed forever, Right. You know, I always wonder if you remember every single detail. And it's weird because when you do lose somebody, there's just certain things, no matter how odd they are, it's certain things that always stand out that you'll always remember. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I remember I was getting Thea ready to go to uh, Josh's family's house because they were celebrating all of the, the birthdays in the last couple months. They do them in like clusters. And I remember we were about to walk out the door and I said to him, I said, come on, just take tonight off. Just come with us. You know, come to your family's house. They want to see you. And he's like, I can't, I can't take off. I can't do it. And he kissed us goodbye. And I remember for some reason I turned around and I watched him and Baggio because Baggio was always right by his side, walk down the hallway to finish getting ready. So, yeah. And then you left. And then I left. Yeah. Thinking, oh, he's missing another get together because of stupid night shift. God, I don't, I don't miss that at all. <laughs> yeah. It's I don't. Hard. I don't, it's I don't hard. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But. So you go out, you have a good night. Yeah. Good time with the family. Yep. Go home. Go home. And uh, that next morning, that next morning was my first day back from maternity leave. I was working day shift. On July 13th. On July 13th. You should have been back at Oakwood. Mm -hmm. But then what, three o'clock in the morning or so you get a knock. Yep. 
it's uh, what we call the infamous widow's knock at the door. I woke up. Did you know before you got out of bed? No. I thought that I had overslept for my first day back and that Josh had called the local department to come wake me up. I mean, that never happens. It never had happened, but that was my thought. So I go to the door, I open the door and I said, okay, okay. And I went to shut the door and I remember the sergeant stopped the door with his foot. And that's when I kind of like woke up and he was like, you have to come with me. And I'm like, why? And And you you knew who this guy was? No. Oh, you didn't know the sergeant? No, we're friends now on Facebook. Um, he was a Twinsburg sergeant? Talmadge. We lived in Talmadge. Talmadge. Oh, Talmadge. They sent yeah. Talmadge out there. Yeah. And I, I always felt bad because it was his it was his year to retire. So that was like one of his last calls. And he always says he never wanted to have that call. When he came to the door, he did not know Josh was gone um, yet. He even found me later, days later. And he goes, I really did not know. And I go, I believe you. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But he said, you have to come with me. Josh was hurt. And I said, how, what? And he was like, I don't know. I don't know anything. I'm supposed to take you to the hospital. And I said, okay. I said, all right. And the whole time going on in my head while I'm getting dressed is it's fine. He's all right. He's probably all right. He's just hurt. I got to bring him home. He's fine. Um, I get ready and I go to walk out the door and I'm like, oh wait, I have a three month old baby sleeping. So I had to go and hurry up and get her and uh, wedge her in the back seat of the police car the best I could. And then off we went. So you get to the hospital. Mm-hmm. He's already gone. Yep. He's already gone. Um, Do you know when you get there? Can you tell by the guys that are in the hallway? And No. When I first walk in, I didn't, it was kind of tunnel vision. The secretary, you know, the hospital secretary, she's right there when I walk in. It was Metro um, Health Hospital. And she has me sit down and she wants insurance information. And I'm just thinking, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. And I feel the tap on my shoulder and the doctor says, you know, come with us. So then I, I went with them into a very small room and there were some other people there, but there wasn't a lot of people in the hallway yet. It wasn't until after that, that a bunch of people I didn't even know were in, in the hallway. And it turned out later, I found out they were just off duty Cleveland officers that were on their motorcycles and had heard, and they just showed up because that's what we do for each other. And more people and more people just came flooding the hallways. So the doctor told you? Yep. So we're sitting in a little room, little room like this, actually. And there's three doctors on my left and my daughter is in her car seat asleep right in front of me on the floor. And they just start talking about, you know, he sustained this injury and this injury. And I'm thinking in my head, okay, I'll get a second job if I have to, you know, we'll get through this. I'll get him through rehab. And I'm just, these are random thoughts going through my head at the time. And I just remember just like out of nowhere, he goes, and he didn't make it. And I just felt like the whole room froze. I remember a priest came right up to me and said, let's say a prayer. And I, about I mean, I was raised Catholic, but at that moment I was like, I, I really don't want to do this, but I did it. But I, I still, I couldn't believe, I was just looking at my daughter who's three and a half months old and I couldn't believe that she was fatherless and I'd only been married for two years and it took me so long. I was in my thirties. <laughs> so I just couldn't believe, couldn't believe it. So can we talk about that night and what you figured out what happened? Of course. Does, yeah. And I know what you call them and we can call them whatever you want because this is our podcast. So <laughs> listen, you want to say fuck, we say fuck. You want to say Ashford, which is his first name. We say Ashford. If you want to say Ashford, you say Ashford. You say whatever you want. Here. I had someone actually say, is his name really Ashford? And I said, no, it's not really. You know what? You're allowed to call him whatever you want. Right, yeah. You are allowed to call him whatever you want. I always say that when I go to speak, I go, I have other names for him, but I, I won't say them. And no, no. Just look at me. Not here. <laughs> We get the E, we get the right. E next to our, for explicit. But, but back at the hospital, when you're trying to process all this information in your mind, when you have someone that brings that much energy to life, you're like, 
he has to be in the next room with like his foot up in a cast with a I'm smile on his face. Like, well, you know, like you, right. you can't, you, you can't understand no, that, so that much energy has gone. Right. And I don't fault those doctors at all. It's just, that's how I remember it. I mm-hmm. remember it. I remember hearing them speaking over here, but then I'm, and I'm over here thinking, okay, we'll do this. We'll do what we have to do, you know? And then they say, you know, it was just like on a loudspeaker and he didn't make it. Has anybody mentioned you at that point that he had been shot or I guess when they were talking about the injuries or no. I, and, and you know, I can't tell you that right now. Like I said, there's certain things that you remember when you lose someone like this. And I don't remember exactly their words, word for word. I just remember it sounding like it was something we could get through. Mm-hmm. And and maybe I could be completely wrong, but that's just what I remember. And maybe they didn't mean it to sound like that. I no, think but it's also going, your your mind's way of going, I, I can fix this. I need to find a way to fix yes, this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's how and it works. I just remember them, you know, saying he sustained this injury and we did this and we did that. You know what I mean? That's all I remember. It was kind of like, you know, a Charlie Brown, rah, 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 you know, that thing. And then all so. of a sudden it was clear. Exactly. When they said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So two o'clock in the morning, he makes a traffic stop. Some bullshit, right? Just loud music. Yeah. Josh. No big deal. Right. Yeah. Josh was just called back to the station. Uh, they wanted Baggio, canine Baggio to go through a car that was involved in a different arrest. Um, it was at the station and his entire shift was at the station on this arrest and they had just called him back so that Baggio could go through that car. And he acknowledged him and said 10 four. And as he's driving back, a car coming in the opposite direction had loud music and it was about two in the morning and it was a residential area. Now, what are we calling him? Asford? Asford is fine. Okay. So was Asford, <laughs> he was a known gangbanger? No. Was he... Heavy criminal criminal history? No, sir. Carrying an illegal gun, no doubt. Um, he actually had a, a carrying conceal permit, and he was an in-home nurse. So he stops an in-home nurse, no real criminal record. Right. With a CCW permit. Yes. No reason to believe. And this is always what I say on here, right, is people with CCW permit, they're the ones I don't worry about. You know, those are the ones that are following the law. Those are the ones that went and did. You know, the guys that I'm worried about are the ones that are carrying the guns and illegally. But the guy has a CCW permit for the most part. Right. I mean, that's always the argument, right? Is that these are the good guys. Yeah. No, Not this time. No criminal background. Yeah. Do we know, did he ever, well, we'll talk about the stop. So, mm-hmm. so what happens on the stop? Um, you know, so he turns around and he pulls the car over and Ashford, Ashford drives into a driveway. He pulls into a driveway um, and it turns out that that driveway belongs to his grandmother. Um, they're in Twinsburg on Glenwood Avenue. Um, and Josh follows right behind him, uh, makes a traffic stop. And I have to say, you know, not being biased or anything, but Josh was very intelligent. He knew his job like the back of his hand. I'm not ashamed to say I would call him sometimes and be like, hey, what, you know, this, this, and this. And he would be like, there you go. And he always knew my answers. He was very intelligent. He's very strong and he was very intelligent and he knew his job very well. He called out on the traffic stop and you're familiar with this, when, you know, a car pulls into a driveway of a person that they know, they kind of had this attitude of, you know, you can't touch me here. I'm, I'm in the driveway. Home base. Yeah. Home I'm in base. the driveway. This is, what are you doing? You can't follow me here. Kind of mentality. Um, that's just my experience as well as an officer in the past. So who knows? I don't know if Astro Thompson had that mentality at the time. And there was no body cam, no dash cam then. Unfortunately not. Um, K-9 Baggio was set to retire in December. He had six months to go. It was a take-home car. It was a, it was beat up over the years, and it's very expensive to equip canine cars. They would just fix it as it was going. 
Um, they would keep it going. There's many times when Josh had to jumpstart it in the driveway just to get to work on time. They just kept it going as long as they could because they only had six more months to go. And there's no doubt, I think, that Josh checked that system. He was always fully equipped and all his equipment's always really well on his belt. And I believe he, he checked the equipment. And I just think something went wrong with the system. And like I said, the car was on its way out the door, unfortunately. So everything that I know is based on what the Summit County Sheriff's Office had investigated and found. Um, they, you know, interviewed Asford and his girlfriend who was in the car. Um, and that's where I get my story. And they were pretty cooperative, right? I mean, he admitted to everything eventually. I'm not sure about, I can't speak about that. I'm I guess not, he admitted to sure. enough. He admitted to enough to get the conviction. Yeah, right. He did. Eventually. After two years of hiring an attorney and firing right. an attorney and playing the system. So Josh gets him out of the car for whatever reason. Well, he approached the car and he got the driver's license information. He let them know while he, why he was being pulled over. I personally think at that time, Josh had probably smelled alcohol. Um, it was later um, determined that he did come from a local bar. They had a bartender testify in court and the bartender testified to the fact that Ashford had said um, something to the fact of, I want to kill someone or nobody knows, you know, what I'm capable of, some kind of rhetoric like that. So he had testified in court about that. I don't know the exact quote. Mm -hmm. So he may have been intoxicated because shortly after he made his initial approach to the car, he did call for backup. So everyone was on station. And they called a local officer from Reminderville. And if you're familiar with Reminderville, it's a small town. A lot of officers get their start there or they finish there uh, as a retired job and whatnot. So they had an officer coming, but he hadn't come yet. Um, for whatever reason, Astro Thompson got out of the car. A fight happened between the two cars in the driveway. Um, Josh was able to, according to the interviews with Astro Thompson and the girlfriend, Josh had pushed Ashford Thompson away from him. Ashford Thompson fell to the ground. Josh regained composure of the situation, brought him to the front of his patrol car, had put one handcuff on him, um, and Josh's badge number was engraved in that handcuff, a very important part of the evidence. And it's at that time we believe that's when the girlfriend got out of the car and distracted Josh just long enough for Ashford Thompson to take his gun out, pull it over his shoulder, and then he shot my husband in the forehead. Um, my husband collapsed, obviously. But that wasn't enough for Asford Thompson. He uh, put the muzzle of the gun to my husband's head. He pulled the trigger a couple more times. And then he stood up over him. And he pulled the trigger a couple more times into his torso area. And then he got in his car and he left. Just left him there. Like nothing happened. Like nothing happened. Girlfriend didn't even try and help either. She stayed at the scene? No. She, she got just, in the car? She left with him. And you would think normally somebody that's a nurse, they want to help people. They don't want to do that shit to people. Not at all, you know? No background. It's just, it's mind boggling. Yeah. The girlfriend that. was a nurse too, I believe. Well, yeah, you yeah. think that, you know, I'm going to get arrested for OVI. I have this gun, so that's a disability. My career's gone. I have to stop it. And he thought if he could do the move, there was a chance he can get away and not have to deal with that. He later told investigators that uh, my husband embarrassed him in front of his girlfriend and that warranted being killed like that. And this is part of what I'm talking about, because I guarantee that everybody listening to this, nobody has heard this story. 
Everybody heard that Josh was shot. That's it, right? They saw the parade on the news. Sure, saw the, the parade. Clip. Josh was shot. Eh, you know what? Okay. Unless you've seen somebody shot or you've seen the destruction from a, from a gunshot wound, you can't understand what that means, right? But, okay, so Josh was shot and he died. That's all they hear. Mm-hmm. But this, this is so far beyond that. This is brutal, man. This is- It's cold-blooded. It's an execution. It's cold-blooded. 100% execution. So you were talking about the handcuff and it's a key piece of evidence. So he takes off. Mm-hmm. So what happens next? Reminderville gets there? I'm not sure- I know there were 911 calls coming in. Yes. Yeah. So probably the cavalry is coming now. Yes. 911 calls are coming in. They're reporting <clears throat> popping noises, uh, loud yelling, loud talking. Yeah. And dispatch is giving it out as fast as they can to the officers. Yeah. They're and calling he, Josh. Oh, and they're, oh, yeah. They're calling him. He's not answering. And on this shift, I mean, this doesn't happen in Twinsburg. Josh was the first officer killed. I think it's 56 years. It doesn't happen in Twinsburg. It doesn't happen in any area, cities around Twinsburg. I mean, we're not Cleveland. We're not in Akron. It, you know, it's Twinsburg. And they're, they're going for Josh. He's not answering. They see his lights in the driveway, but they don't know what's going on. And they don't approach right away because they don't know. They eventually, from what I understand, they just said, we're not waiting anymore. And they go in and they see Josh next to his cruiser. Canine Baggio is wedged between the front and back seats. He just wants to get out to his master. So how this happened and how fast it happened? Seconds. I mean, Josh has a button on his belt. Yep. He could deploy that dog. Has a taser. Doesn't have a, a chance to get to that. Nothing. Taser, where's that? On the belt. Everything where's his gun? On the belt. Never had a chance to draw. Nothing. Seconds. Other than handcuffing Thompson, he was no threat at all. One handcuff. Right, one handcuff. Yep. So aren't you normally patting somebody down before you put the cuffs on? Or do you think that it just got too no, wild? There's, there's the two schools of thought on there that. There was the pushing and shoving. That, you don't even get a, car, a person out of the car without backup. Yeah. I mean, that is just like your one rule. So yeah. So they were getting well, out, they were getting as out far as we're home. As and far as patting them down, there's two schools of thought, right? Some guys like to pat them down right away. So they know I like to get cuffs on them as quick as I can. That way, if I find something now, there's no fight for it. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what's right. I mean, you got to play each situation by ear and I'm sure this thing was moving fast for Josh and I'm sure Josh knew Multiple as soon as Ashford got out of the car, Josh is like, this is going fucking sideways, man. And as soon as he started fighting, this thing's going sideways. But what's Josh going to do at that point? I mean, help's coming, but now he's there. He's in it. He's got to finish it. Mm-hmm. You can't just back off. You can't just, right. you know. I, I, I think mean, he wanted to get him secured and then, you know, probably tell dispatch what's going on. You know, you're talking yeah. perfect world, right? If we're, we're, we're in a scenario at the academy, perfect world. Yeah, sure. Josh knows something's going to go wrong. He calls for backup. The guy stays in the car. Backup comes. They can handle it. But we're a world, man. That ain't, that ain't perfect world. You know, when Ashford, Ashford dictates how this thing's going to go, you know, Josh can call for all the help he wants. If Ashford gets out and confronts Josh, that's it, man. Here we go. Time to roll up our sleeves. Let's get to work. That's what he did. And then he was caught later. So there was no real way to get a true indication of his blood alcohol content, even with a blood test out, imagine, because so much time went by. It's my understanding that, yeah, within the certain time period, I forget what, what, two hours back then. I mean, we're talking 15 years ago. I've been out of it. I think it was a two hour period, something like that. They had been past that. So they couldn't legally, mm-hmm. legally do it anymore. And then I read in the transcripts that when the, I think it was the reminderville officer got there and he called dispatch and said officer down, she re- responded with the, uh, the response back of what she heard and then gave a time of two Oh one. 
is what I saw in one of the transcripts. Yeah, so that's, I never knew that. Is Reminderville, how, how do you guys dispatch there? Do they have their own dispatch or is Twinsburg listening to Remindersville's dispatch? Is it a regional? Do you remember? Really not sure. Yeah, because I know Twinsburg was on a separate radio than Oakwood was and we were right next door. Okay. But obviously, you know, there's a, that main radio where you can listen to anybody in Ohio right. or, or the best you can in, in the radio frequency at the time. Um, so... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. Just wondering. Reminderville calls out. There's an officer down now. goes to their dispatch. She's freaking out. Now she's got to figure out. She's got to call Twinsburg and say, hey, yeah. you know, we got a problem here. And then that's got to get relayed to the guys. I mean, you're talking mm -hmm. at least right. a 30-second time lapse. Yeah. So, and those dispatchers, quick-thinking dispatchers, they got on those computers that they have at work, and they found that Ashford had been involved in a situation at his, at, um, his sister's home in Bedford Heights. He sent Bedford Heights over, and that's where he was. And that was how long? Hours? No, it wasn't hours. I remember looking at the officer covered in Josh's blood at the hospital, and I said to him, did they get him? And he said yes. So I want to say that was probably 3.30 in the morning, maybe. 3.30, quarter to four. And when they found him, still had? They found him. He was covered in Vaseline with the handcuffs still on. There were bobby pins, all kinds of things they could think of to try and get the handcuffs off. The gun he used to kill Josh, I should say murder Josh, was on the counter in the kitchen and he lunged for it. And thankfully the officers were able to get to him before he got to that gun. Put up a fight though. Who was that? Bedford Heights? Bedford Heights. Is that right? Yeah. So Bedford Heights, when they went there, obviously they didn't just surround the house and give them a chance to, to give up. Bedford Heights went in and handled business. When they got there, the sister was cleaning out her car in the driveway at three or four in the morning because you know that's what we all do, three right. or four in the morning. Huh. Um, so his car was in the garage, I believe. And the girlfriend and Ashford Thompson were inside the home. So I, it's my understanding she tried to stall the officers at first, but they eventually got inside. I don't know all the details, um, but it's a split level home. So when you walked in, you either look up or you look down and he was upstairs and that's when things got a little hairy. So he's arrested, still has Josh's handcuff on him. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. I know Bedford Heights arrested him and they brought him back. So how about the aftermath now? So what happens? What happens the next day? You wake up the next day. I'm sure she doesn't go to sleep from when she gets home from the hospital and has to deal with all that shit. Yeah. I remember just being in the back of my mom's van. She's driving me home and it's daylight out now. And again, I'm thinking I'm going to have to get another job. Um, we're going to have to pay for all these things. You know, we got an, a motor home in our driveway. We have motorcycles and we have all these toys. I got to start paying for this stuff. You know, it's, it's funny things you think of, you know, and you have a baby. So yeah. It's, it's the things you think of as a, a newer parent. And Thea's happy as could be. Sleeping no away. idea. No idea what's sleep. going on. Yeah, getting all that sleep. I remember my family stayed on the couch and uh, my cousin Cheryl said, she goes, uh, I was about to come in and get you if you didn't get up soon. So I remember I woke up because um, my grass was getting cut. Local landscaper came to cut the grass, take care of the yard because he had heard what happened. Mm -hmm. I remember the news probably within the first 24 hours was Asher Thompson did it for defense. He's defending himself. Even though Josh didn't have a gun out, didn't have yep. a dog out, didn't and have a taser out. That's what, was, that's what was in the media. Yep. First 24 hours. Self-defense. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that was, I and guess. that faded quickly. 2009, right? 2008. Eight, 2008. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that was just the start of the war on police. I don't even think it had happened yet. Yeah. So court. Ugh. So I'm sure you're going to talk about how efficient the criminal justice system is here, right? And how it's victim oriented, right? They're there for you. They're not there for him. I mean, he's clearly 
overwhelming evidence that he killed your husband. Yes. He murdered him. He executed your husband in a driveway at two o'clock in the morning. Yep. Executed him. Yep. Left him there. So clearly the court. Now we're big on the constitution here. Everybody has a right to a defense. You'll never get that argument out of me. Right. Right. But clearly the courts, they're weighed heavily for you. Right. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) No. No. Hmm. No. No, you got to do everything right for the defendant. You have to make sure all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. And me being, you know, the victim, victim's family, I'm asked several times if I'm sure I want the death penalty to go forward. You ever waver? Can't tell you how many times I was asked that. Did you ever? Comes to a point where you're like. Ever waver? What are we doing here? No, I, I have to say for a moment, a microsecond. Is that a microsecond right there? Tiny, tiny bit. I was raised Catholic and I was like, is this the right thing to do? And then I immediately go to the way he was killed. And absolutely, it's the right thing to do. Oh, yeah, it is. I hope you didn't ever think twice about that again. Nope. So it says here, his defense attorney, Larry Zuckerman, said he uh, had argued that he acted in self-defense, but refused to offer any additional details. Is that in the beginning? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's a prosecutor named uh, David Maestros. Maestros? Yeah. That's uh, Twinsburg's. He, he responded by saying, Mr. Thompson's lawyer has a job to do, but self-defense, I'd find that laughable. Yes. So. Yeah. I, I was, uh, I just remember just looking at the news, seeing that and just, I was speechless. I was like, I'm thinking in my head, I really hope this is not the route we go. Thankfully it wasn't. So social media is just starting at that point, really. I mean, right. there's not a lot of, yeah, no, yeah. Facebook didn't get hot till Oh nine. Right. Yeah. Twitter, yeah. Twitter yes. a year afterwards. But mm-hmm. there were still comments. I think it was discuss is what it was called where you could still comment on news articles and stuff. Oh yeah. There was plenty of places. Oh, what was it? That, what was that other chat room that was big right before Facebook? MySpace. Yes. Oh yeah. You could find lots of good things on MySpace. I had to turn that off. Did you? Yeah. Wow. I mean, so you did, you read some of this stuff. Yeah. I had Oof. to stop. You know, I always tell people to stay off there, but I, I get it. You know, I guess part of you probably wants to see everybody talk about what a hero your husband is, but then for every comment, there's a troll on there that doesn't realize the real world ramifications of their words. Right. And Ashford hasn't, hadn't been convicted yet. So it was, uh, anybody could say what they wanted because there was nothing else to change that. Oh, and it's even worse now, even worse now. Imagine if that happened today. Right. Oh yeah, Absolutely. I mean, the, the fact that Ashford was, you know, obviously I don't want to politicize Josh, but the fact that Ashford was even arrested, there would probably be riots. There would be at least protests. Oh, I believe, I'm, we, I, I thought there was going to be protests. Um, there's that, uh, the group in Cleveland, that gentleman in Cleveland, and, and I, I had heard that he wanted to do something to defend Ashford. Then he found out that he hit him with a bunch of shots and then yeah. exactly. hit him in the abdomen and was like, that, that hey, went bud, away very quickly. Yeah, yes, yes. I got nothing for you, chief. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Empties out a whole magazine into, into Josh when Josh doesn't even have his gun out yet. So we go through court. I don't, we probably don't need to rehash everything. I mean, it's years in the making. Right? Two, two wonderful years in and out of court. So he is convicted of all charges, May of 2010. Yeah. And does he pretty much allocute to everything at that point? Does he pretty much say, all right, look, I did it. Yeah. He's, he says, you know, it happened. Definitely. Yeah. What is he saying at the end when he has, does he have a chance to speak at the, at the sentencing or in his trial? 
does he have a chance to speak? Does he say anything about he didn't that say, night? Yeah, he didn't say anything for a while. And I don't know if that was his doing or the attorney telling him not to. Um, and at one point he did, in, within it was a two-week trial, he did stand up at one point and he was crying. And I didn't even listen. Honestly, I didn't. Has he ever tried to reach out through attorneys? Have you ever tried to no, letters, no. apologies? And I made it known that I did not want any correspondence whatsoever. So I don't know if that even mattered, but I have never received anything and I'm fine not receiving anything. Mm-hmm. So, so he sentenced to death and let, Dan, you got anything? Uh, he just, I, I have to imagine he went to a jury trial because if he didn't plea out, then he had to put the, you know, oh, he, he had to put it up he? to a jury. Yep. He rolled the dice on a jury. Yes. Whew. Yes. How long did it take him to turn around and give you the verdict? I want to say it was within 24 hours. Quick. The next day. Quick. Yeah. I don't remember that. It's weird. I mean, that's what it is, man. Overwhelming evidence. And you're willing to take the, uh, the risk on a jury. Well, no, you don't bleed out for the rest of your life anyway. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you, all you need is one guy to say, I don't know. So he sentenced to death in uh, 2010. So that's what, 12 years ago that he was sentenced to death. So when did they put him to death? <laughs> they have not yet. It they will, haven't. It will be actually 14 years this July 13th. And he still is on death row. I get an occasional phone call from Vine. It's a victim's um, program. They call you and let you know anything that happens with the killer or the person that murdered your loved one. Um, occasionally it's a phone call. I hold my breath because I, I want him to see this through the end. I hope that they're not calling to say, you know, he's, He's gone, um, but it's always a phone call saying he's been moved to a different pr- prison. They never want anyone to get too comfortable. There's two prisons in Ohio, so he goes back and forth between two. So I should be getting a phone call soon. It's been a while. Did something happen? God, I feel like something just happened within the last year or two where you were worried. Was there another court proceeding coming up? Something about his sentencing or? No, and- I was worried about the death penalty being abolished. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. That's yeah. what it was. Yes. Right. Cause right, it says right. in 2014, the Ohio Supreme court unanimously upheld the aggravated murder conviction for 2008, but split four, three in deciding that the death penalty was appropriate. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I read, I read that transcript. That's what they call it. You know, and they, I feel like they struggled with the fact that he had absolutely no criminal background and I'm just over here going, he shot your husband multiple times in the head. While he was down. At close range. What Does uh, that not outweigh? Nothing matters at that point. <laughs> right. Nothing matters at that point. He's an animal and he needs to be put down. He's an animal. Yeah. I call him a monster. He is a yeah. monster. 100% he's a monster. Mm-hmm. So what, what are you thinking? When's this going to happen? Is he still in appeals? Is he? I'm not going to lie. I was really hoping that Thea, since she was so young when, when he was killed, that she would never have the opportunity to say, Mom, I want to go. But it doesn't look like that. I feel terrible that I can't remember the Garfield Heights officer, is it Glover? I want to say I That was killed? Yeah, it was two officers yeah, together. Yeah, Glover killed. was one of them. Killed in a, uh, in a motor vehicle crash. Yeah. During a pursuit. pursuit. Yeah. Yeah, into a and telephone I, pole. I spoke to her because she actually went to the execution. No, he, this guy was killed. Oh, he, he was had, killed? There I was thought. A, there was one Garfield Heights officer, and I feel terrible that I don't remember his name, but he was killed. The guy was put on death row. Okay. And I spoke to the widow, and I was just curious what happens, you know, when you go and- um, 20 years. Took 20 years. You're going to go? Absolutely. Look him in the face? Absolutely. Yep. I have family that says they won't live that long, and I tell them to get cremated, and I will put that jar right next to me. We'll sit there together. Stare yes. at him in the eyes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I don't think 10 minutes of me staring at him is more uncomfortable than a lifetime of living without my husband. 
So uh, they said that Thompson's uh, death sentence, according to entry filed with the high court, was scheduled to be carried out on April 5th, 2017. Yeah. And then that never happened. No, no. They always give a, a date to make it look official. And then it keeps getting moved back and moving back. And Justice William O'Neill wrote one of the dissenting opinions. I don't know if you've ever heard it. I kind of read over a little bit and it, the guy seems like an asshole to me. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> so he just said that uh, he called the circumstances surrounding the fatal shooting a routine traffic stop gone tragically wrong. Tragically wrong. There's no routine traffic stop. Yeah. So. Well, was, that makes it even worse. Right. Yeah. Uh, that it's a, a routine traffic stop. Look, if this was an armed robber, right. Or somebody who had just killed somebody and knew, look, I'm getting the death penalty. My only way out shooting this out. You could almost understand it. Right. I, if I get arrested for this, I am going to get the death penalty. Come catch me coppers. I get it. Now we're shooting it out, right? Shooting it out. Okay. That's the price of doing business. That's what cops are there to do. I get it. This was a loud music stop. Maybe an OVI. That's it. Traffic. Uh, no possession of the firearm as well while he was uh, intoxicated. Especially, I mean, he obviously had okay. a person. Okay. But still, nothing here that is going to get you put in jail for the rest of your life. No reason at all that you got to shoot it out with the cops. You do your time on that, man. And are you kidding me? For that, he'd probably get probation on that. He would get three months or whatever, three months for the DUI, 60 days served if he's lucky. He's literally a first-time offender. Right. He's a nurse. I'm doing good work. Ah, uh, yeah, I have a gun, but I was at my grandma's house. I left it alone while I was drinking. I was just taking it in. Oh, they can say it was a nurse, but does anyone know what company you worked for? Well, no. I... Like, come on. Did, did their company reach out and send you a, a fruit basket? <laughs> Fucking bastards. <laughs> like, you know, maybe he was a nurse at one time. Look, I think he was, you know, like, yeah. um, like two in the call, morning like at the you bar. call in for people who needed help. You know, he would go and help people like elderly or people who needed assistance. I think he was one of those kind of nurses. So home health care. Yeah. Yeah. But still nurse is a nurse. He went to school. Absolutely. Nurse is a nurse, but don't give me any of this bullshit. You know, this, this judge. Don't give me any of this. This guy had no reason to shoot it out with the cops. He killed Josh, took Josh away from Thea for the rest of her life for nothing, for maybe 30 days, maybe, and a suspended license. That's all he was going to get. And it's not weapons under disability. It's weapons while intoxicated. Big difference. Disability is when you've been found guilty of a felony and you're not allowed to possess a gun. This is not a big deal. Not a big deal. He turned it into a big deal. Yeah. Yep. Ugh. So why did you quit being the police? Did you quit because you were scared that, oh my God, this happened to Josh, it could happen to me? Or did you quit because- Not right away. I have Thea. Not right away. Well, you know, well, I because had Because you Thea. had a duty to do um, in your heart, probably. <laughs> so I didn't have that mentality yet. I was lucky enough to work with a great bunch of people that actually gave me a lot of their um, vacation time or sick time so that I could stay off longer after that had happened. Did you get back to work? Yes. So, you know, the, uh, that inevitable call, call you know, came where the chief was like, all right, you got to come back. Now. <laughs> exactly. Listen, man, we're paying you. <laughs> right. we're, we're down with you. We get it. Right. But come on. And I think, you know, that was Guys my wake time up. off. I think that was my wake up call that I, I just couldn't go. I just couldn't leave her. So I wanted to do part time. I still wanted to be an officer. And everyone's like, don't do it. You know, don't just stay home. And I was like, no, you know, I can do this. We're, we're going to be fine. 
um, Uniontown had offered me a part-time job and Josh had worked there part-time while I was on maternity leave. Um, and he had worked with that department when he first started out as well. So they offered me a job and I went back and I did, and I started my training with them. And I always joke and said, there's too many cows there. <laughs> I got bored, but I just couldn't stop thinking that if it had happened in Twinsburg, Ohio, it could happen to me mm-hmm. anywhere. And now Thea's um, where, you know what I mean? Right. Both exactly. parents. Exactly. So I couldn't bear the thought of that. And I think that's what happens, right? I mean, that's why God gives you kids. I mean, it, it slows you down. Right. Stop um, riding my motorcycle. <laughs> well, and I was just going to say that, look, this is a whole separate, I'm not comparing myself to you. I thought it was just for a text right off. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. I'm not comparing myself to you, but you know, throughout the years, I've always wanted a motorcycle, but then I would go to these accidents and I'd see somebody dead because somebody turned left in front of him. This guy was doing everything right. Somebody turns left, yeah. boom, he's dead. Yep. And, and he's I'm been thinking, riding his entire life. Right. Knowing how to end that. And I'm like, I got kids now yep. and I never got one because I have kids. That's and how mine got sold. Guess I was like, I can't ride this anymore. I don't even know how you leave the house. <laughs> I mean, really, I don't know if I... God, man, when my girls were growing up, my yeah. wife would have died. Yeah. I, I would have put myself in, in well, bubble it's, wrap. It's, it's because she's 14 now. That's why she leaves the house. Yes. <laughs> You've been through those years. Right. I'm going through those years. Mom, you didn't say goodbye. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going through those years. I got a 15 year old. I mean, like I said, my daughter was only, you know, what, nine months or so older than, than, yeah. well, she's going to be 15 in June. She's actually 14 now. Um, and you survived. Those preteen years. Well, and I had, well, and you know, I got two others. Oh, um, you, you know what though? Like Dan, God, man, I got lucky. I hear these horror stories. Yeah. My girls, I wouldn't trade them for anything, man. I That's got lucky great. with them. Yeah. Uh, but Thea's doing great. She is. She does. She's, she's well-rounded. I she see gets, pictures of her, man. And she, gets, she, yeah, she, she still has that face I remember, but. Uh, and she is a social butterfly like him. Just a social butterfly and, and just so well-rounded. She does all these sports and that's all him. I didn't, right. I was too afraid to go out there and try a sport. So what are you doing on a day-to-day basis at 14 to keep his memory alive with her? I mean, are there, is there anything you, know, you do? Do you point things out to her? Like, oh yeah. you know what? Your dad did the same thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'll, I'll be like, um, yeah, your dad did the exact same thing or, or did your dad tell you to say that? You know, I would tell her all the time. And everyone says it to her, you look just like your dad. And I totally see that. So does she have trouble with it? Um, or was she so young that it's kind of abstract to her? Well, you have to realize it's different for her. She holds him up in this high regard, but never had that personal relationship. That's what with I mean. So That's it's what so I mean. Different. Yeah. Right. Like right. she's going to always carry him through her whole entire life. Yeah. But they, yeah. you know, they never, think, they never had that connection except for the loss. You well, know? Now, I think you have to go back and remember yourself as a teenager. You know what I mean? Like. I'm not talking about that. Yeah. Here's one of the things, and uh, I'll, I'll work this back into Thea, but your husband now, when did you meet Chad? Oh, I hope he doesn't listen to this. 10 years ago, 12 got, years ago. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. He got a job at a pizza shop. No, and he was like, no. I know the way to her heart. It was 10, 10 years ago. And it, so it wasn't, it wasn't long after. I mean, long enough, right? right. But mm-hmm. yeah. And I see the post that you put up, and I see the things that you do, and I see the remembrances on Josh's birthday, and he is amazing. Like for real. I mean, it seems yeah. like he is a hundred percent like, look, we're not going to forget this guy. I have a lot of men that ask me that they're like, is he okay with this? And I have to say, you know, I told him, I told him coming into this, this is my baggage. You know, I go, we are not going to forget Josh because of Thea. I go, it would be different if I didn't have kids. You know, I, I wouldn't forget, but I wouldn't be so vocal about it. I don't think, 
This guy's yeah. a saint, man. Yeah. Seriously. But it's not, it's not her it ex is. that left her on some dumb shit. It's right. not, you know, right. he's actually right. somebody that was right. in the not some right. shit dad. He got, he got his life interrupted. Right. And people have said to him, he yeah. goes, how do you, you know, how do you deal with that? Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, I just think, you know, if, if that horrible thing happened to me, I would be grateful that she's keeping my memory alive for my son, yeah. you know? So. And he's a good stepdad. He is. Him and Thea yeah. get along great. Yeah. It well, looks we're going like going through the teen years. Sure, so you know, and that's a little rough for him, right? Because it's not his kid. <laughs> yeah, right, He's like, right. what do I do here? Right, yeah. right. So, uh, does he vote in the primaries? That's what <laughs> we're going to have him on next, and we're going to talk about how he voted. <laughs> is he a liberal? No, don't tell us because if he is, then we're going to shit all over him. So let's not let's not do that. <clears throat> we're just kidding, Chad. Dude, whatever. You don't know where he lives. I actually told him. I said they invited you. But I did, you know, we're talking about Josh and I, I didn't think I didn't want you to be uncomfortable. And he was like, I can make, make up my own decisions. And I go, well, I need someone to take theater practice. He goes, okay. <laughs> no. And, and I did. And that was part of it is yeah. that, I mean, I, I did want to talk about him a little bit because he came in and filled a huge void, man. Yeah. And I mean, like you could have just shut down, right? Oh, you, yeah. you could have shut down. You could have given up on life. You could have never given this guy a chance. A lifelong widow. Yep. Lifelong mm-hmm. widow. Oh, woe is me. I'm a victim. Everybody mm-hmm. feel bad for me, but that ain't you. No. Back to Chad really quick. I mean, he's out there busting his butt for the poker run every year. This, the annual fundraiser that we do for the scholarship. I mean, he's out there helping me. So. Did you know him before? No. Did he know Josh? So Josh had worked at Cuyahoga Falls for a short time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chad's current chief, uh, Chief Davis, actually trained Josh. Okay. Um, so, uh, the chief will talk about him occasionally. And, um, so he then took tested for Twinsburg and went where more money was. So, right, right. so he, uh, left Calgary Falls, but he did not know him. No. Okay. Yeah. Where did he go to high school? Josh went to Talmadge. Talmadge. Yeah. Football clearly. Oh, he, oh, he loved football. Yeah. If you look at his, if you go on officer down Memorial page, Number five. um, What's that? Number five. That was his number? Yeah. If you go, uh, well, and Josh's unit number was 45 and a little different circumstances, but one of my best friends at uh, my current department, his unit number was 45 and he he died. Um, heart issues, but uh, Sorry. well, you know, it's life. Yeah. But yeah, so 45 kind of, you know, with you and uh, kind of means a little bit to me. But if you go on Officer Down Memorial page, um, you can leave a tribute for Josh. You just do the search for Josh McTarian. M-I-K-T-A-R-I-A-N. And you can see a story there and it'll give you a chance to leave a little something, you know, just that you're thinking about him. Where was I going with that? You were going with that. You had to look at him because. Oh uh, yeah. Because the picture. He, he looks like as soon as you look at the picture of him. Put the pads on and, and lay Was he a running back? <laughs> no, five. Probably not a running back. He was the fast guy. DB. The DB. I don't know. For oh, he might have been. Might have been a DB. Yeah. yeah number five. I'm but you look at him, man, clearly. That's why I said, I mean, clearly football. I mean, right? he's a smaller guy, in, you know what I mean? But he was fast, so. Well, one of our guys, I don't know if, he, our guys better be listening to this. One of our guys work on our department. He was a Golden Helmet winner in Lorraine County. Mm-hmm. And I'm just saying, I mean, Josh seems big, but I'd put him up against him. <laughs> our, our guy's basically a hero. His name's John. He's basically a hero in Lorraine County. All right, go John. So that's all I'm saying. Golden Helmet winner. Might have been a long time ago. <laughs> 
me out. It's the last game. Yeah. We're down by 14. Yeah. When I see John, I'm going to ask him what your podcast is called and see <laughs> exactly. if he knows. Exactly. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Is that good? Because he didn't hear me talking shit about you. So, well, uh, <clears throat> you got some? Out of all the, the people that have stepped up and done things over the years, I noticed that uh, there is a thing called Saving a Hero's Place. Yes. And that's a uh, wife and husband, Serena and Daniel Zimmerman. They traveled from Texas. All the way from Texas. All the to, way from Texas. To bring this uh, chair. And where does the chair sit? Actually, they brought two chairs. Two chairs. They brought one for Uniontown Police Department because Josh worked part-time there. And they okay. brought one for Twinsburg. <clears throat> Just amazing. Lobby? No. I believe inside the department mm-hmm. is where Twinsburg's is. And then Uniontown is it's a tad bit smaller. And you would see theirs when you walked in. So into the department. So the honor chair bears the officer's name and includes the police badge embedded in the back and displays his end of watch date, July 13th, 2008. Uh, a blue and black rope is tied at either end of the armrest and clearly indicates the seat is not for anyone to just sit in. Right. And Josh always has a seat at roll call. Yeah. That's cool. That yeah. is cool. So Josh's legacy. Let's talk about what you're doing to keep everything alive. Cause you're involved in, in a little bit. You got a lot of stuff going on with Josh, right? We got scholarships going on. Oh yeah. We got a poker run going on. And where does that money go? Uh, to you, the poker. <laughs> does that go to your new RV? No. Right. Thea's, no, I sold the RV. Does that go to Thea's sports? Where does that go? <laughs> right. I wish it's expensive. Yeah. I know. <laughs> God, my 15 year old playing volleyball. Right. Whew. I was like, wow. Well, if you want to donate to my daughter, to her volleyball in the name of Josh, I would accept it. So <laughs> I bet you would. I would. Right I after would. you donate to Thea's <clears throat> softball. <laughs> his, uh, his next poker runs in August. August 13th. 13th. Yeah. At the uh, Glen Willow Grill. Starts there. Pettibone Road. Speaking of Pettibone Road, well, they, they they named an industrial parkway after this guy, didn't they? Uh, Joshua T. McTerry Memorial Parkway. It's just a road. It's a road. It's a road? Okay, yeah. so it's not yeah. an industrial parkway? No. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, before that, though, we've got the scholarship coming up, right? Yes. So what's that? So uh, right now we're getting applications in. We give a scholarship to Twinsburg High School student. Metalmage High School student, and now we just recently added Lake High School because that's Uniontown. And Josh worked there too, so applications are rolling in, and the committee gets to vote on the winner, and then uh, we go to the award ceremony and we give the scholarship. This the isn't some chintzy little like hundred dollar scholarship, right? No, I'm very proud of it. Very proud of it. I call it a labor of love because it's a lot of work. $3,500. That's crazy because I got two in college right now. And a lot of these scholarships are a hundred bucks. Yeah. Oh, you get a hundred dollars towards your right. books, whatever. $3,500. Right. I'm not going to lie. Give me a hundred dollars. I'm fine. Yeah. Let, right? it, let it roll in. Um, but $3,500. That's no joke. We're very, very proud of it. Um, so $3,500 Twinsburg, $3,500 to Talmadge and Lake High School. Um, isn't that much yet, but we're going to build that up. So my guess is that you are going to end up sharing this um, in your circles and there's going to be, now most of your friends probably already know, but they're going to share, people are going to share to get Josh's story out there. So where can people go? Where can these students go? And I'm sure they know from their guidance counselors, but especially like Lake, where can these students go to apply for this scholarship? So uh, you go to www.josh45.com. The scholarship information is there. You have to be wanting to pursue a law-related field of study. It doesn't have to be a police officer. It could be a lawyer. It could be forensics. It could be anything like that. And you you apply. So to write an essay and show your grades and there's stipulations to it. So 
And I advise everyone that goes to josh45.com to scroll all the way to the bottom of this website because you can see the kids in their prime. Okay. So oh, there we go. On the bike. Look at that. Someone on the back. Who is that? Right? Who's that hot girl with Josh? That, that girl had no need for Botox yet. <laughs> Good Lord. So do you know where that picture was taken right there on the right? At a bar. Oh, okay. At a bar. One of his band... One of his band uh, were shows. You were groupie? No. <laughs> you were. She was a pizza groupie. <laughs> exactly. She'd walk into the pizza shop, throw her bra at the counter. She's whoa, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Jim, slow down. What? Listen I'm just to me. saying. Listen no. to me. You have so much pizza from the place that you work at. You get tired of it. I don't believe that's true. And, and you know, I don't want um, Giannino's to be offended. Stop talking. Sometimes mm-hmm. we might go down the street to Farinacci's and get a pizza. <laughs> I will eat pizza every day until the day I die. Really? Which yes. won't be long if you eat pizza every day. <laughs> you got to I was going to die when I ran Disney. So that's right. That's right. I was close. Um, <laughs> you were close, dude. At the end of Do that, you thing. remember where the picture of you guys on the bike was? Yes. Is it we, in a driveway? Yep. My Who's friend, driveway? my uh, coworker, Craig, Craig Ali. We were meeting him to go riding. Him nice. and his wife. Yeah. All right. So we got the we got the uh, the scholarship coming up. That's uh, when's that? Probably May or June. The scholarship. Yeah, when it's um, announced. Each school has a different deadline, um, and then at their awards banquet, we announce the winner. So May. Okay. And then, like Dan was talking about, uh, August. August thirteenth. Poker run. Yeah. Because Josh loved his bike. He did. Right. He um he had a Harley, and when he met me, I had a sport bike, and um he felt as if I he needed to have a sport bike as well because you can't just ride Harley and a sport bike that just doesn't look right. So he Were went out and got a sport bike. One of these girls that had one of these crotch rockets it was like painted in it flames. It was a sport and, bike. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So you were one of those. Maybe. Where you would pull up at the light and everybody's like, "Dang." And then I you don't just know give about all that. then you would just give the nod and peg I, it out. I wouldn't look. I would just look straight ahead. I have a bicycle. Can I get in? No. You can't keep up. <laughs> I can't Shit. Keep up. You can barely run Disney. <laughs> oh, that's also fair. So that, that poker run, like I said, is at Glen Willow Grill. That's where it starts. In G- yeah. Glen Willow, Ohio. Hold yes. on. What's the website? Just so we can add it to we the... Will is this at josh45.com? You can go from the scholarship page to it. poker run to shop. Yeah, but we don't have it up yet for this year. Okay. You'll be able to buy tickets online and all that other stuff. We'll be getting that up soon. Will so. that be on Josh45 also? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, registration and complimentary breakfast at 9 a.m. We can go there for breakfast. If Hell we're yeah. Not and then we'll go live. Oh, go oh, live we from spoil it. our riders. We really do. They get breakfast. Right. They get. Dude, that of, might not be a bad idea. We can go there. They give us breakfast. We go live. Boom. August 13th. I'm off. On your bicycle. What about you? <laughs> no, no, no. Do a podcast right from there. I'm all about yeah, it. Yeah, we could bring yeah. the whole studio. Then you go to the next stop. You get free lunch. And, and then, then we'll, you come and back we'll and you have dinner. I mean, there. we spoil you. You do not go Okay. Hungry. First bike out at 1030, last bike out at 1130. Yeah. Last bike in at four at Brewster's Cafe, Bistro and Pub. Yes. Dinner starts at four. It's 20 a person. There's 50-50 raffles. Best hand gets 200. Uh, second best hand gets a buck 50 and worst hand gets 100. So you're getting cards from every stop you yes. make. And Chad's in charge of that. He's a poker guy. Yeah. yeah. I thought we were going to sit down and play Me some too. real poker. Does Chad, does Chad throw like, games? Dude, on? they'll probably have a game at no, the end, secret. I bet. <laughs> Dude, can we do a podcast from the VIP poker game after? She's got headphones on, so I'm going to whisper. Nobody else can hear me. Hey, hit, hit, hit me up after this and let me know where the games are. Okay. okay. It's exciting. Yeah, we can get a game going, Jim. All right. We can. 
In fact, we'll just play each other until everyone gets back. <laughs> we and we always have entertainment right. at Brewsters. Yeah. We'll drive right to Brewsters. We'll set the studio up. P Tech. We went to Disney with the families once, and we were out on the balcony. We're playing just heads up, Texas Hold'em, and I we'll probably played for an hour. I'm not going to tell you who won. All I'm going to say is I'm basically a professional. Damn. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to go against me. He had to give you his clothing allowance. I'm just for saying. the month. <laughs> exactly. Chad is known to take it all. So. All right. Well, yeah. good. You know what? Talk shit. See what happens. <laughs> Talk shit. Get bit. We'll see what happens. We'll have Chad on. He's all, it's all drunk. Hey, you know, the one thing I didn't talk about and I want to talk about are your feelings on the uh, criminal justice system. We're at perfect world. Holly McTarian is the queen of the world. You could change anything. What would you change right now? It would already be done. You know, and, and I agree with this. Strong constitutionalist. I believe everybody has the right to a, to a vigorous defense, even Ashford. Right. I think he oh, has, yeah. has a right to a vigorous defense. And I think you have a right to, to an appeal I because juries too. could yeah. get it wrong. Mm-hmm. So we have a right to an appeal for somebody else to look at it, another set of eyes. But if those set of eyes say, nope, you did this. Mm-hmm. I'm even okay if you have a couple courts well, that look at it. You're nicer than me yeah. because I think a second set of eyes is enough. And I think then within, within the year. And there's no reason why it shouldn't even be sooner. I mean, it's not like we have a waiting list. I mean, we do, but it's not like we have a line at the death chamber. There is no reason why once you're found guilty, you lose that first appeal that boom, a couple weeks later, done. Why am I paying for him to be a hero? Why am I paying for that? You know, he is. Why does his family get to pay to have a TV in his cell on death row? Right. Josh doesn't get to watch TV. Nope. Nope. Josh doesn't get to make a family in prison. Nope. Josh doesn't get to see his Does family he get visitation? I'm not sure. On death the row? Rules, I'm not sure. I've tried to reach out to different people who work at prisons and they don't really, they kind of shy away from answering my questions. Is there any I respect? Um, is there anything that anybody needs to do right now? Does anybody need to reach out to anybody? I mean, are we at that point right now or is everything pretty much just kind of quiet? They're at a standstill. Yeah. They're at a standstill. Until what? I mean, it's, this, it's that whole um, injection situation. Um, Who is it? Utah firing squad. They just opened it back up. Is it Utah? Yeah, but they, they asked for it. They haven't shot anybody yet. The guy, no, we the would guy know. asked for it. Yeah, he did. the The next guy up requested the firing squad what because a they put they, a badass. Yeah, that guy. Right. I wanted it quick. Give me a cigarette, bro. Put me up against the pole. And, and doesn't that work? Like uh, everyone gets bullets, but only like one guy gets the live one. I don't know the answer to that. That's what I've always heard. That's I a don't good know. question. You should Google that. Well, you know what? <laughs> we're, we're. I will pay. If they start the firing squad here, I will pay for a year of range time for you to make sure that you get. Wow. Yeah. To make sure you get your aim up just in case they're like, hey, you went in on this? Yeah. Yeah. I will. I would struggle with that one. I wasn't sure if I'd want to watch or if I would. That sounds bad. No, it doesn't. (laughs) If I were you, I'd want to pull the switch. Yeah, I would. Although, yeah, I don't know if you could look him in the eye then. I just don't want Thea to have the option to go. I just don't want that for her. What if she wants to go? I can't. She'll be an adult. I can't say no. What if that's her closure? Yeah, exactly. It's mine. It's mine. People say, you know, how can you live your life with that hate? And I go, I'm living my life just fine. I am living my life just fine every day. I'll tell you this. You are. It's not hate that I have. It's me wanting that closure. It's amazing to me when I see you living your life like you are. Mm -hmm. I see the Kerstetter girls living their life. Jimmy Kerstetter here in Elyria. Yeah. 
that got shot and beat They're to death. Gorgeous girls. They yes. are. Yes. Misty Shelby and Bailey, and I see them living their lives, and oh my God, man. I mean, they are just excelling in life. He has to be so proud of them. Got to be. Has to be. But the fact that they have that internal strength to not just become victims, right. to not let this define them that, oh my God, my life, you know, my dad was killed, so now my life is screwed. No. I you agree. know what? I agree. Everything they do, they're like, you know, somebody puts a comment on there that your dad would be so proud. Everything they do is to make him proud. Yeah. And it's just, it's crazy to me. And you see the pictures of their mom with them and she just looks incredibly proud as well. And stunning. The entire family. I mean, they're just, their life is stunning. Just, they just just, didn't give up. And you have not given up. I distinctively remember after the funeral, you know, when I, when you noticed people were starting to afterwards, you know, they, they fed us and you just starting to notice people leave. And you're like, my thought was, I just don't want him to be forgotten. And I think that's what has fueled me. I'm not obsessed with it, but I just don't want him to be forgotten. I don't, it's not fair. He shouldn't have died. Like he did. He didn't deserve that. He was just such a good guy. Well, I mean, I can't promise you anything. We're consistently in the top 200, at least Apple podcasts. We're 69th, I think globally, right. For government podcasts. So hopefully this is at least going to make some people go and research on Officer Down Memorial page, odmp.org, Josh McTarian. And you know what? Leave a comment. You don't have to say you heard it here. Just leave a comment just so she knows that he's not forgotten. He's a hero, man. He is. Yeah, and we're coming up on police week. And, you know, it's not just my story. There's so many people in the United States that suffer from losing their loved one. And it's sad. Police Week in D.C. at the National Law Enforcement Memorial. I mean, it's just, it's covered with wreaths and people, departments bring doors and all the department has signed them, police doors from police cars. And you just walk up and you see stories and it's amazing that people are remembered. Is there a group of uh, other women that have dealt with this in the past that you've reached out to or seen, uh, have any followings on Facebook or anything. There's, oh yeah. There's so many, so many strong women. Grace Leon from Cleveland. Wayne Leon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Erica Owens, Cleveland mm-hmm. again. Derek Owens. Trish Sindelar. He was Cleveland Heights. Patton was the last name. I mean, just all over Ohio. Uh, and I remember all those. I, I think I was at every one of those funerals. The West family. That was my um, first funeral as an officer. Jason West. Yeah. Yep. You know, one of the ones that always, always sticks out to me. And whenever I'm with my girls and we're on 71 coming North, there's a, um, when you're around Ashland, there is a tribute, there's a memorial to uh, trooper James Gross, yes. who is on 71 and the farmer that put that up, that's privately owned. And the farmer that put that up, that is the exact location that Jimmy Gross w- walked up to that car turned around. Now he didn't know this guy was on a crime spree in Mansfield. Mm -hmm. He ends up stopping this guy, 71 northbound guy gets out, starts shooting at him. He turns and please, I think I'm right. Uh, he turns to run, takes one under the end, end of the armpit under the vest. That's what I heard too. And when it goes under the armpit, it starts perforating everything, right? Arteries and aortas and everything else. So he turns to run to go back to cover. And as he turns that one shot just gets him. And the spot that you see, it's on the right hand side, Trooper James Gross Memorial, that is the spot that he died in. And as soon as- another routine traffic stop. Another routine, because he had no idea. This guy was a monster, but he had no idea who he was stopping. Right. But as we enter, as you're going northbound, you'll see Trooper James Gross Memorial Highway, whatever. As soon as we hit that sign, I remind my girls. I'm like, look to the right. And when you see this, this is where this guy's life ended. Yes. But again, that was 
a day or two in the media. Yeah. You know, nobody knows the stories. Your story, I mean, I'd like to say it's unique, but it's not. Right. I mean, it's not. we're we're up right now. And it's funny how, you know, I'm in Ohio and I'm in this town. And yeah, there's other families like mine, but not a lot. But you go to police week and you're like, holy shit, you are not unique at all. And I know we are up this year on the number of officers that are dead. So one of the things that Officer Down Memorial page, if you go to their homepage, you'll see it. So far this year, we're up to 95 officers that are dead. Last year, we had 615 total. Now, these Not numbers- Six months into the year. Right. and But these numbers, like the 615, are going to be inflated because they started including COVID with this. So you had a lot of COVID deaths with these officers that died. But, you know, all time, we're at 25,747. Listen, most towns in, in the United States are less than 25,747 people. You have an entire city of police officers wiped out, done, all time. Last 10 years, we're at 2447. Uh, they also have recently fallen canines. If you haven't supported, if you haven't gone to Officer Down Memorial page, they do good work. Um, you, can sign, uh, you can sign petitions for no parole for cop killers. You can get in on their their charity work. But yeah, if you go to odmp.org, you can look up Josh McTarian. I'm going to give you the last word here on whatever it is you want to say. Talk about Josh. Talk about the criminal justice system. Shit on who you want to shit on. Listen, you don't can, be surprised if he interrupts you in the middle of it. I will not. I'm going to turn my mic down, right? Because I do have a bad habit of that. So you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to give you the last word. I think right now with everything that's gone on in the last couple of years, that just because, you know, you see somebody who's in a uniform, um, there's so much more than just that uniform. They have families at home. They have people who care and love about them. They have responsibilities. Hopefully, almost all of them are doing the best job that they can. And there's no pay in the world that's enough for this job. And certainly not enough to be killed doing this job. And I just think America can do better. I will tell you that the amount of support that we have online, everybody's tough, right? They're going to troll and we're going to moderate this post very well. There's going to be people that come on there and they're going to say shitty things. We're going to take care of that. This is not a government run podcast. We'll ban the shit out of them. We don't give a fuck. But I can tell you that when I go through McDonald's, one out of every 10 times, maybe I pay. The car in front of me pays for me. When I walk into Panera to get coffee, there's always somebody who stops me and says, Hey man, thanks for your service. You know? And I feel bad. Cause I'm like, bro, listen, all I've done. No, tell today. me when you go to Panera so I can be standing next to you and they can pay for both of ours. <laughs> Come on. I thought we were boys. I give you one of my canine sweatshirts. I'm like, well, you got to pay for him too. They're like, Oh fuck. All right. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a trainee, <laughs> but you're right. When I go to work, I'm a policeman for 12 hours. I carry a gun with me everywhere I go. And don't get me wrong. If I'm in a restaurant, some shit's happening. I'm going to take care of business. That's just, that's who I am. That's that'll, that's ne my, that'll never leave you. No, it's my DNA. And that's, that's what I've done for 29 years. And you're still human, but I'm you're a, a human being, but I'm a police. That's where I was going. I, I'm a policeman for 12 hours. When I go home, I'm a daddy, right? I love my daughters. I go to volleyball. I metal detect. That's my hobby, right? <laughs> that's corny. I, it is. <laughs> Let me show you the shit I found. We'll see what you say. Right, I'm going to have my daughter come in here and show you the gold ring. Boom. Nice. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> Talking shit about me. My wife's going to be like, yep, she's right. It's corny. Do you? I have a metal detector. Ah, see? I guess he doesn't the get beach, used that much. Seems cool, but not anywhere else. Just at the <laughs> yeah, beach. It's tough on my back. But you know, but, but that fishing, I love hiking. Yep. 
Every cop you see has a life. They are just like you. They just chose a career in public service. You'll hear the trolls out there, right? They got picked on in high school. They got whatever. There is nothing I love more than fixing somebody's problem. Nothing. And when you see a cop that gets killed, man, it's easy to say, ah, it's just a cop. That's what he signed up for. No cop signs up to get murdered. Nobody. Right. We sign up because we believe in the rule of law. And I believe that there has to be rules to have a free society. And I want to be part of enforcing those free, those rules for that free society. I don't sign up so that I'll get shot in the forehead, fall to the ground, get shot in the back of the head numerous times, get shot in the torso numerous times. That's not what I sign up for. And then left for dead. Left for dead. Don't leave that out. Right. right. That wasn't dick. in the application. That's not what I signed up for. Right. And that's not what that's my daughter's expect of me. They expect me to come home every single day. And I'm going to get political here for a minute. This current political climate that has this war on police has cops getting hurt right now. There are so many things that I see that pop up where somebody's coming at this cop with a knife. It's a black man or a black woman with a knife. And the cop tries to pull a taser on this guy. And he's like, man, I didn't want to be that guy. There was a local incident here that just happened where a guy robbed a that was a Starbucks right Starbucks. across from a right. police station. He robs the Starbucks. And I don't know. I haven't talked to this guy. But this guy, this guy's running with a gun. And the cop's coming after him in the car. He could absolutely run this guy over. But he doesn't. But it's a black male. And I wonder in my mind how much of that affected his decision. You know, because he's scared. He doesn't want to be the next guy in the news. And this political climate is getting cops killed. This political climate where they are waging war on the police is getting cops killed. It's emboldening the criminals to think they can do what they want to the police. And it's making the police second guess having to kill a black man. Or even having to get in, getting to pull, right? They don't even want to pull the pistol. No, that's exactly it. You want to try to de-escalate, right? That's the new code word. Let's de-escalate everything. You know what? There's times where there's no yeah. de-escalation. That guy in North Olmsted that robbed that place, he was he was throwing lead back in residential neighborhoods. Sure he was. That yeah. guy should have been run over. I'll say it. You should have run that guy over at 40 miles an hour, man. He was a threat to society. Yeah, should have ended the threat as soon as possible. You know? Now, Josh, luckily, I think he got in in the front end of this before we had the beer summit, before Obama waged war on the police. So I don't think that was necessarily going through Josh's mind. But it, I think was, it was only seven years after 9-11. And 9-11, everyone came together and appreciated, and everyone was heroes, whether it was firemen, right. policemen, and, and, and it was still running strong until, like you said, uh, 2008. I just want to say that I think you are 100% on board with that, or on point, that these cops that you see, man, they're just regular folks. They're just regular folks trying to earn a living, you know, and trying to do what's right and trying to make your life safe. Every damn profession has a bad apple. Sure they do. Unfortunately. Sure they do. Except for politicians. They have 98% bad Good apples. Good officers don't want to see that. And they don't want to be a part of that. I would love to arrest a bad cop. I always say it. You know, when there's stories about bad cops out there, I say, I wish I was there to put the cuffs on the guy. Because that guy is tainting the entire profession. So, look, I appreciate you being here. I do. And I know that was tough to talk about. You know what? I hope people out here now understand who Josh was, understand he was more than a headline, understand that Josh has a daughter who he adored, Absolutely. that he would have done anything to be here with through the end. And I have no doubt at all that when shit was going bad mm -hmm. and he realized that shit was going bad, yeah. I believe in your life flashing before your eyes. I do. 
my dad in Vietnam almost got shot down, lost control of his plane. Uh, maybe we'll have him on here one day to talk about it. I believe that your life flashes before your eyes. And I need to believe that one of the last things that Josh thought about was Thea and you. Yeah. That that went through his mind and, you know, he knew that you were going to be okay. He knew that his family was going to take care of you. And when I say his family, yeah, his family, but the police, that we were going to take care yeah. of you. They've been amazing. Yeah, absolutely. But that's you know, a great thought. Josh loved that little girl, man. He wanted to get home to her more than anything. He and did. if he could have, he would have. Oh yeah, for sure. But Ashford's an absolute fucking coward and didn't give him that chance. Yep. So just know we're here. Thank you. Everybody's here for you. I hope you guys are listening to this. I hope you go to the Officer Down Memorial page. I hope you support the scholarship effort, support the poker run. If you're a biker, come on out. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell, man? You get good food. Yeah, you do. You really right. do. Well, let's uh, do a little toast here and uh, cheers a glass to Josh. I think you'd yes. like that. Oh, you would love Hold that. Hold on. Let me get my glass to need Josh. Some, need some old granddad, though. Oh, is that what he drank? <laughs> he did. Why wouldn't you tell me this? <laughs> I would have had a bottle of old granddad here. I'm not touching that. <laughs> oh. Oh, wait a minute. What do you drink? We got to get you bourbon. I have bourbon. Remember? No, that's screwball. You know what? We said we weren't going to talk about it, but if you're going to bring it up, See, you're nope, not drinking. Does it. Yeah, I can't help it. He's I like, wasn't going to judge. No, I'm judging. No, it's I was so going to let it go. It is so good. Screwball is not good. It's amazing. Okay. Now, welcome to Pod Bless America. I'm Jim. <laughs> and I'm Dan. And today we're have, we have a communist in, in studio, and she's going to talk about why she hates American bourbon. I thought we Holly, were are you here? There. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. Does it all the time. Josh, I just want to say I'm sorry. I know you would have never let her drink yep. screwball. Yep. And we'll get a bottle of little granddad here in the studio just for him. You know I'll, what? I'll write a 45 on it. Swear to God. Proud. Listen, proud. follow our Facebook page. Yes. Monday, we're back in studio. I think so. Wait for our picture. Yeah. All right. Okay. We got to fill this thing up too. This All right. Oh, yeah, we do. We do. We're running low on bourbon here. If anybody wants to contribute some bourbon, you can send it to our top secret location. All right. I have the address. <laughs> thanks again for coming. We yeah, appreciate thanks you. Thanks again. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. As always, we thank you guys for your support. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you could drop us a like, drop us a five-star review, that really helps us out. You can find us on Facebook at Pod Bless America. And you can find us on Twitter at Jim and Dan Show. You can find us on Getter at Pod Bless America. And you can find me at Jim at PBAPodcast.com. And you can find me at Dan at PBAPodcast.com. So until next time, I'm Jim. I'm Dan. And Pod Bless America. 